Welcome to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast, where we're going to be exploring above and below the surface. We'll take in a deep dive into the world of fishing, diving, and surfing. Every week, we're going to sit down with experts to learn more about them and get their freshest, hottest takes on all things salty. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. I'm your host, Kieran Anderson, and today we have Aaron Hartwell with us. What's up, Aaron? How's it going? Hey. Tell us where you're from and uh, what are you up to? It's going really good. I'm uh, I'm in South Padre Island, Texas. It's a barrier peninsula island at the very tip of Texas on the Gulf Coast. A lot of people don't even know that there's a huge island along the Texas coast, but there is, and we have the cleanest in cleanest ocean waves and best waves here. So, how often do you guys get swells? That's my number one question for you. <laughs> um, this time of year is the most consistent for swell because it's hurricane season, um, through the Gulf. So anytime we see a system pumping through the Yucatan, we are pumped. That's when we're really going to, it's really going to show up here and do amazing things for us. Uh, consistency, I'd say, uh, we may have like four or five good swells within the three to four month, uh, period. Mm-hmm. So those are that's what we're you know really looking for. We've got this spot called Dolphins Cove where if it's if it's bigger, you know, between 15 and 20 foot, it'll push through the intercoastal channel and create the best wave in Texas. It's like Mexico um, in there. But uh, I mean, we've we get pretty consistent three to four foot swell in the winter time. Uh, throughout the summer, it's anywhere between one to three. Uh, I'd say fairly consistency. There's some weeks we have to deal with. It's just what we call Lake Padre, which is flat. And so we do other things. Is there diving there? Yeah, there's there's like a ship a shipwreck offshore um, called the Texas Clipper that people go dive. But um, I've been down there. It's It's not great. But we are actually working on building a artificial reef uh, six miles no off way. the coast of South Padre Island, and that's going to be pretty amazing, especially for well, it's more so for fishing than it is for diving. That's pretty sick. So, did you grow up on the island there? I actually grew up in Brownsville. It's a it's on the mainland, not too far away, okay. about forty minutes. It's on the border of Mexico, so it's no a little way. bit that's different. Sick dynamic yeah it's cool so so border town mentality um that you guys are used to kind of in southern california um there's no surf right there where you know on the border where we are of course but i wish it was like baja (laughs) yeah for sure baja is amazing how did you get into surfing then if you grew up over there i walked into a surf shop when i was about 13 years old and in my fox gear and, you know, army boots or whatever, and um, asked this asked this man to teach me how to motocross, and he um, and he said hell no, and he took a surfboard off of off of his wall and he handed it to me and he's like go learn how to surf, kid, and um, I started paddling out at that point. Um, and the beach that I grew up next to, which is called Boca Chica Beach, which is now where Elon Musk has SpaceX. Um, but that's the beach that I grew up at. It was literally like 20 miles away from the house that 
um, that I grew up in. No way. And so just learning how to paddle out and pretty much taught myself. It took me um, all of like eight years probably to do that because it wasn't really consistent and um, and just the way that it goes. So I guess when you're teaching yourself and you don't live on the beach. But, um, but once I finally got it, I moved to South Padre Island after school, college, all that jazz, and then uh, started making it happen. What's the water temp right now? Um, it's like mid seventies. Really? It's that warm? Yeah. It's, Gnarly, it's, dude. it's always super warm, but, but I mean, in the winter time, it, it's definitely wetsuit weather. It's nothing like, three like twos Cali. or yeah. Cause I'm like always in a four, three or thicker here. For sure. It sucks. Actually, it's not that bad. I don't really care. Summertime's kind of nice here. Yeah. Summertime's, I still have to wear a wetsuit in California in the summertime. So used to the bathwater here in the Gulf. So you, you lived in Cali for a little, right? Yeah. I lived in Southern California, uh, San Juan Capistrano. So pretty much like Duhini was the spot I could ride my bike down to. Um, so did a lot of surfing there. Then, uh, got a job teaching middle school in San Clemente. So I hit up churches and San Onofre more often. Um, and then eventually after returning to teach summer camp, in Texas, I moved down to Carlsbad, where my sponsor um, had a studio right on Main Street. And so I lived in the studio and kind of toured around in my Land Cruiser and uh, got to hit up more spots a little bit further south, like Encinitas. Please tell me you still have a Land Cruiser. Yeah, I still do. Yes. I have a T100. It's so sick. It's so The old sick. Toyotas are the best. Mine's? 2000 it's old for sure mine's a 97 it's nice. so sick i'm never yeah, selling it for the work truck it's it's good to haul boards and everything so do you still teach yeah absolutely we teach year-round now the business really kind of took off a couple of years ago um i was really stoked during covid to be super consistent and i started a couple of new programs like after school surfing and uh surf clubs so that the kids had something to keep them consistent and outdoors. Yeah. Keep them in the water. Um, so started wetsuiting people up and and it was super it was a good success, you know. So um now it's a year-round thing and pretty pretty stoked about being able to teach and keep people like the tourists here that just didn't even know surfing was a thing, get them inspired and coming back every year. So I love it. Are there a lot of people that surf there or is it pretty like mellow, not big crowds? Cause here, like, I feel like every single time I paddle out, there's like 500 people. Yeah. Which I don't care, but I kind of like it. I like talking to people. So. No, it's amazing. We're so lucky to live in this little gym because there's not a huge surf community here. So, you know, Build. So in some some ways, I'm helping build that surf community and bringing up the next generation and, uh, you know, showing off our spot, so to speak, so that the business does, you know, continue to be great. Um, but, you know, when the swells are good here, they're the best in Texas. And so mm-hmm. people travel from all over to be here for those. And they're mostly Texans, I'd say, you know, rarely do we have people 
from California or Florida that are traveling to our coast to, to surf. But definitely any inland surfers or people from up the coast, Galveston, Corpus Christi, uh, will they'll show up and the parking lot's full. And, um, y- you know, the lineup is still not comparable to many in California as far as the amount of people. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's so many times where we'll just get these magical days and we'll paddle out and there's, you know, maybe 50 people out and we're looking up and down the coast going, can't believe this is real. This is happening. You know, it's like six to eight foot perfection, blue glassy water. And there's 50 people out. Like it's amazing. Yeah. So that's pretty sick. Fortunate. Is it like, do you know a lot of people that are out in the water? Like even when they're coming in from like inland, like Obviously, like the Waco wave pool guys and girls that surf there like to go to the actual ocean, too. So they're probably hitting the swells and stuff. Do you know a lot of those people? Um, yeah. So I know a lot of the I know a lot of Texas surfers that are up and down the coast, um, yeah. especially the ones that are competitive surfers, um, because I've been participating in the Texas Gulf Surfing Association for many years, served on the board uh, of directors and then also been a judge for what was it three or four years this year I decided to start a team so we have an SPA sessions team representing South Padre and so quit judging and I'm in it to win it with the kids so other than that like the inland surfers that I'm referring to mostly in Austin they're you know professionals that are surfers but really only just look at pool kids and stuff like that um a lot of the competitive surfers that I know travel up there just to, to surf the wave. But I don't know. I don't think I know anybody specifically that just surfs BSR and doesn't surf the coast. Mm-hmm. Have you surfed BSR? Uh, yeah. BSR is sick. It's pretty rad. Yeah. It, it's an amazing wave for sure. Um, actually looking forward to going back sometime soon before it gets super cold. I know. I want to go back there. I like always froth out on that wave. It's so sick. The air sections and stuff. It's so rad. I surfed that inland wave too, but that one was like, I wasn't really a fan. Totally different, huh? Yeah, it's so gnarly. You gotta ride like a longboard. You can kind of grind it, but it's like, at least like Waco, there's so many different waves you can surf. You're just like, oh, I want to surf lowers. All right, cool. Here you go. It's so sick. Everybody froths on that wave, dude. It's so rad. Yeah, exactly. I went to a... I went to the uh, Van Stab contest there. Yeah. That was the first time that I visited the park. Yeah. Uh, I didn't surf that trip, but it was a really good experience <laughs> to watch all the pros get out there and make it happen. It's Pretty rad. Yeah, the clips that come out of that place are so gnarly. Mason Ho's clips and like Zeke, Jacob Z. Kelly, that kid's crazy. But just launching. I know. It's so gnarly. I want to go back and like try backflips and stuff just for fun. But dude, it's kind of gnarly. Like it's so shallow. You like huck airs and you're just landing on concrete. I hate that. Yeah, that is, that's, that's something to look, look out for. Yeah. And your boards just get destroyed, but it's all good. I want to try longboarding there. I, I don't know. I feel like you could do I'll it. I have to like, bring like my polycar board to do that because I don't know if I trust glass on, you know, yeah. in that wave with a longboard. I went through th- like three or four boards last time I was there just because it's so shallow and you're like hitting your board on everything. But yeah, you're constantly checking fins. It's so gnarly. 
And I rode like small, super small boards because the wave is not that big. So I feel like you got to ride like a smaller fun board or like I tried riding a normal shortboard and I was like, dude, this is so hard to ride a normal shortboard. It doesn't fit in the pocket. Right. But it's still sick. I love that place. It's fun to just try fun boards there. Yeah, exactly. Do you guys have waves right now? Um, yeah, it's like one to two foot. So it's long boardable and things like that. I lucked out, didn't have any lessons today. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're, we're starting up a full-time winter sessions next week, which is going to keep us pretty busy. We've got hundreds of kids that are moving into uh, this park. It's called Isla Blanca Park. It's on the southern tip of South Padre. Mm-hmm. And that's where the jetty is. So um, primarily that's where we go to surf because our wind direction comes from the southeast and this jetty comes up. So it blocks the wind. So it's usually the best at the jetty. Um, and anyway, right around that area, just this huge RV park. And so people travel from all over the place, come stay for several months. And there's a, a bunch of families that come down every year and they learned how to surf in the previous years and now they're just looking forward to it. So we're going to get into staying really busy, activating them with surf lessons and environmental education, some oceanography and uh, some other things like theater and stuff too. So that's pretty sick. So when you're doing your surf camps or your lessons and everything, is it kind of hard? Cause like you guys get a lot of wind swell and like hurricane swells, obviously. Um, and they come and go super fast. I feel like hurricane swells are like a two day thing and then they're done. So are these kids like kind of like frothing out for a couple of days and then the next couple, like, how do you do this? Like, cause it's, it's probably hard. Cause here we have like consistent waves. Like right now it's three to four foot and it's probably going to be three to four foot for the next like two weeks. And then we'll get like a good Northwest swell and it'll be like six foot, but the wind swells come and go. Right. So one thing is we're a world renowned wind destination here. So a lot of our swell is wind generated. So that helps. Of course, yeah. it's a lot more disorganized. Um, and so that's why we go to certain places on the island, depending on, uh, you know, what the sandbars look like. And of course, what the wind direction is this time of year, we're going to get a lot more of the northerlies, which aren't necessarily helpful for anywhere on the island since we're we face Mm, primarily Northwest to Southwest direction, like, Mm -hmm. um, like that, if that makes sense. Um, I know our viewers can't see my hand motions. I'm like making a hand motion to show you what it looks like up and down the side of Texas. But anyway, uh, yeah, the northerlies kind of screw things up for us. Um, but after they settle down, we usually have a couple of days of, of swell, Predominantly the southeast direction and surfing at the jetties is um, is where we like to surf and where it's going to be the most clean. So even though it's not like a consistent three to four necessarily, you know, we usually have some sort of a wave out there. I can, you know, teach surfing to kids in one to two feet. It's when it becomes a heavier adult um, teaching on the sandbars where it becomes a little bit more unrealistic and we have to wait for a different swell. Yeah. Um, teaching beginners, I'd say, I mean, I'm, I can be out there in almost any condition as long as there's some sort of wave. The only thing that's going to prevent us from not really teaching is, um, maybe like 
30 to 40 knots. Yeah. <laughs> it's gnarly to be out there teaching. The boards are flying everywhere, you know. That's I'm so like sick. holding onto a soft top and it's the nose is like flying in the wind behind me and stuff. And that's where it gets a little bit more gnarly. But, um, you know, other than that, we're pretty much out there in like rain or shine type of situation and just, just getting people, you know, used to surfing different conditions and understanding that it is a weather dependent sport, Yeah, you know, in the, with surf camps, you asked about how do we manage that? Um, you know, this year we had more weather situation, no experiences than we did in the years before. Um, but those, that was between like pretty heavy rainstorms and lightning where we actually had to take people indoors a couple of times. <laughs> That's so um, sick. And then a couple of, a uh, couple of weeks where we had total flat spells. And so what we do in this, in the flat spells is we teach, um, ocean safety. So we do like junior lifeguarding drills with the kids and uh teach them we hone in on things like paddling yeah and so we do like paddle relays and we we focus on all of the techniques of paddling um i've got some pretty small boards that kids can learn how to duck dive on too you know they're small enough that they can really push down and get the nose under and learn the footing and everything with that too um so it's just kind of like transitioning into having fun, learning the skills, keeping it focused on surfing and safety, um, but but still creating experience that they're enjoying and is memorable for them, you know? Yeah, that's sick. That's rad that you throw some safety in there too. That's super important. Yeah, definitely. The kids the kids like it too, you know? Yeah. There's it's a, there's a little bit of a fine line in in teaching some of those things because some of it's just like fun and play, but then some of it's like, but seriously, don't try this at home. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're, we're doing this now for fun and safety, but when it comes to a real world situation, you need to call for help. Yeah. You know, we'll teach them how to paddle out to somebody on their board and, you know, ask them, assess the situation, stay away from the person in distress and, you know, ask them if they need help and then yeah. signal in uh, what kind of help they need or what kind of distress the person is in and things like that. So do you guys have lifeguards on the island? We do. Yeah, I was on the beach patrol for the first couple of years that it was in existence and we still have uh, beach patrol. Now we even have lifeguard stands here. So right, that's it. Lifeguarding is so fun. It's a pretty rad gig. Yeah, we actually hosted the nationals here this year for USLA, mm -hmm. and uh, it was it was an amazing experience to watch everybody rock it out. All the all the teams from around the nation came to compete. It was great. So, do you travel a lot? Um, yeah, it used to be almost like full time travel traveling, but uh, in the last last maybe two years, I've kind of just focused on being here, being present. Um, I lost my father a couple of years ago. Last year, I almost lost my mother around the same time. So wow. there's a lot of family dynamics going on that also kept me a little bit more grounded. But then just realizing that I, I figured my business did have the potential to grow into a year-round opportunity. And once I stuck it out, I realized, you know, it, it happened. So 
um, I'm still growing SPI sessions and uh, making it into everything that I, you know, I'd like it to be. Like I was telling you, Karen, today, you know, I had a meeting with somebody to try to get into a brick and mortar situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so doing that, really having a spot where people can can show up to a spot where the kids can come skate and pick up the boards where they can come review their surf tapes and everything. That's, that's really what I'm looking for. Just some sort of a, an opportunity for not only like community engagement for the local surfers, but then, you know, a, a spot where people can really come and understand what our, you know, surfing capabilities are here. Cause like our, our surf shops here, they're, they're beautiful. I mean, they're retail shops, you know, and that's where we get a lot of our equipment and, you know, gear and stuff like that, but they're not doing the same thing that I'm doing. So kind of got a little bit of a different thing going on here. Yeah. That sounds insane. I like the, I like the dynamic of like, like you just said, like you're filming too. So these kids get to come back and watch your clips. Like that's super, super important because I can go watch somebody surf and, They'll have such a good session. I'll be, oh, yeah, you're ripping. Yeah, just try doing this or that. You know, move your feet back. When you're doing your turns, look over your shoulder or whatever. But then when you actually dissect every part of surfing with film, that's what makes you an even better teacher and teaches these kids or whoever you're teaching how to be even a like way better surfer and where to be in the wave too. Yeah, it's definitely helpful to show... Uh, we, you know, we primarily teach kids, but, yeah. um, you know, we do teach advanced surfing lessons as well. And just like you said, um, being in the right, right place of the wave, showing them where their hands are when they're trying to do a, a turn, you know, yeah. that's a huge thing for sure. Looking, knowing where you're looking. Uh, I mean, just there's, there's a lot of technical things that you can see a lot easier when you're not experiencing it in the moment. Is there a lot of kite surfing and windsurfing there? Yeah, we're, uh, it's pretty consistent. It's, uh, like I I'd mentioned, it's a world renowned wind destination. So, yeah. um, yeah, we could, we can pretty much kite every day if we wanted to. And I say that because now there's foiling and there's winging. And so even if you're a foiler and you know, you can kite in nine to 12 knots, <laughs> Yeah. And still have so much fun. So I've actually haven't got into foiling yet. I need to do that. Windsurfing's the one with the like where you hold on to it, right? And then kite surfing's in your board. Mm-hmm. Dude, windsurfing is so gnarly. I've been doing that. Um so Josh Kerr lives close by me and I'm good friends with him and he has a couple like uh kites that we go try. It is so gnarly. Like I can always make it like either what whatever the wind's going, like I'll make it that direction and then I try to like turn back and then I just like stuck like hundreds of yards out in the ocean have to swim in it's so gnarly are you you're kiteboarding yeah oh cool nice it's so hard though <laughs> it's the worst uh, thing ever learning how to how to kite upwind is uh is a thing for sure but going it's downwind so is just the beginning yeah. and uh you get going pretty fast and take some wipeouts when you it's when so you first sick. learn, but um, I've been kiteboarding for like eight years. I guess a couple of years into kiteboarding, I uh, 
recruited some sponsors. Dekine picked me up on their kiteboarding team. And no then uh, Core Kiteboarding uh, sponsored me on their USA team. And uh, that was that was incredible experience for me because um, their equipment is just, it's the best. Yeah. And so it's all German engineered and um, ended up doing a marketing tour for them around the perimeter of the U S and so got to pump and pump a lot of those kites up for sure. Did all these demos and I visited almost every kite spot that you can visit in America besides North Carolina and up. So I missed, I missed all of that area. So North Carolina, Maryland, New York, all, all of that spot. But yeah, it was a really good experience. Got to kiteboard and kite surf all over the place. Um, my knees are paying for it still, but I still get out there in my boots and, and shred. Uh, I had a session last week that was amazing. Um, but really what I love to do in regards to kiteboarding is kite surf. So what we do on really good wind days it, and if the waves are good, because that's really what it's all about, is we'll go all the way to the end of the island. So there's we go to the end of the road on the island, and it's about mm, 20, 20 miles down. Mm-hmm. And we'll park the vehicles there, and we'll pump up, and then we'll kite the whole island, like from no the way. end of the road, so to speak. It's not really the end of the island, but it's the end of the road. And then yeah. kite all the way to the jetty. And I mean, we go out there in like 10 to 15 foot waves with like That's a crew so of like five to six people. It's insane. Like when it's like that, the, the, the surge usually will go all the way up to the dunes. So it's kind of magical. You're like kite surfing all the way, all the way in and then just charging back out. Yeah. We just grab kites and grab our normal boards and lose our boards half the time. Where are you kiting mostly? Just like out front on stormy winter days out here in Carlsbad at Pono and like all the lifeguards look at us like we're idiots because we don't know what we're doing. It's so <laughs> sick. You know, who's super, yeah. super good at kite surfing is Kiowa belly. That guy, he's on CT. He's a professional surfer, but he's like insane. He like on the North shore, like he'll go to Haleiwa and stuff and just absolutely shred. It's the sickest thing ever. There's so many people that are so good at it. And I just don't understand how they're so good at it. I guess I've only done it like three times, but it's the hardest thing ever. Yeah. You just kind of have to get used to it. Stay consistent, like surfing. What kind of boards do you ride? Um, I know I've mostly just transitioned into longboarding. That's kind of my, kind of my deal now. Um, Guy Takayama, he, um, he's the sponsor I was talking about in Carlsbad area. He's been shaping boards for me now for four years. And so I'm on, uh, nine, six, logs pretty much. Um, he's had a couple of performance boards that I really love that are like two, one setups, you know, which are super fun in Carlsbad area, actually, when the waves are, are, you know, frothing and stuff, but the, but the logs, I mean, it's, that's kind of what I've transitioned into is just nose riding and doing that really well. Um, do you ride standups at all? Yeah, definitely. I love stand-up paddleboarding. I don't do it as much as I'd like to. Man, that that is a gnarly sport. It really takes some endurance um, to to shred, um, but it's so rewarding to be able to do that. Um, 
I used to rep a brand called Art and Surf, and they've designed some amazing performance stand-up paddle boards. And, uh, and uh, the one that I have is, a, I think it's like a 10-4, and it's nose-rideable. It's amazing. It's bamboo board. And, um, and I love riding that one. Super lightweight, easy to turn, can nose ride on it, like I said. So it's waxed all the way up to the nose with uh, grip on the, on the back part of it. But, you know, and there's good swell. I'm primarily going to be surfing. Yeah. But when I lived in California, I did do some competitive sup racing, which was, no way. which was pretty cool. Yeah. And I got That's to meet sick. Connor and some yep. of the crew, you know, out there, they were always around, um, actually salt life sponsored the Pacific paddle games in one of the years that I was, uh, competing. So, and that was a really cool event to see. I'm, I was pretty inspired by the event production. I kind of want to do one of those events just for fun. Me too. We can co-produce it. Let's do it. I'm down. That'd be sick. You guys put on tournaments over there too, right? We do. Actually, um, I have a talent and production agency and event production has been one of my fortes um, for, I don't know, I guess I've been doing it for about 15 years now Um, between film production which was my major in communication. Um, I also have a lot of experience in producing festivals and events. And so recently, um, a couple of friends and I started a series called the Holiday Surf Series. And it was pretty much inspired by my reminiscing, uh, my time in Cocoa Beach, Um, lived there for a little while, had a really good time living and surfing in that area. And they had, uh, they have a, a Santa, what was it called? It was, it was just an event as a surfing event, the surfing Santa, that's what it's called. And they just have everybody come out and surf, you know, attire. I mean, Santa attire with that's Santa rad. hats on. And that's there's so sick. thousands of people on the beach and everybody looks like a Santa Claus. And I really had a good time going to that event. And so I started thinking about that and I'm like, well, we got to do more of that kind of stuff for our surf community here and yeah. start bringing people together. And so came up with the holiday surf series. We actually just finished our first event. It's called Ohana Ween. And so Ohana Ween was all about surfing in your costume, having fun, being playful. My business SPA sessions taught two hours of free surfing lessons. So even if you've never surfed before, it was about getting out there, having fun, uh, you know, spirit of Ohana and Halloween. And then we asked people to kind of form teams between their friends and their family. So then there was like oh, the Ohana teams got to compete and stuff like that. Um, and Were there so, some pretty rad costumes? There's some, yeah, definitely some good ones, some pretty funny ones too. That's sick. Um, there's, you know... Wonder Woman, she was she was Wonder Remember. There is a skeleton with you know face paint that all that melted rad. in the water. It was great, and uh, I must have changed into like five or six costumes myself because I was cold and <laughs> in and out of the water helping the kids and stuff like that. But it's a great event. Salt Life was one of our sponsors, uh, so we had awesome product to give away to 
some of the participants and winners. And we're looking forward to November 27th. We have the Thanks Groovin'. So it's kind of like a psychedelic turkey is the theme. We've got a turkey shaka as our logo. And uh, <laughs> and that's going to be fun. It's also a costume-themed surf contest. So we look forward to seeing some turkeys and cornucopias, maybe pumpkins, and just people being creative with the fall season. And then lastly, we're going to do the Salty Santa, sponsored by Salt Life. And that's going to be a lot like a surfing Santa event. But we'll encourage, you know, elves and reindeer and all the other fun stuff. That's so sick. Just bringing the community together. That's insane. What's your uh, what's your favorite wave to surf anywhere in the world? Ever? Oh, I think for many years, I would say El Punto Rock, which is in El Salvador. That was pretty much oh, like the best memory of surfing I had had. Um, I remember I was out there for, I mean, it seemed like an eternity, but it was probably like 30 minutes. And I literally had to turn to the guys and say, no mas una ola, por favor. No mas una ola. <laughs> Like, just give me a wave. Just give me one wave. Just give me a shot. And they let me have a wave and they, they saw me shred and they let me surf with them the rest of the session. And I'll never forget that session. It was amazing. Just, it's just peeling perfect. Just amazing. Yeah. Um, I suppose since then I had a, an amazing opportunity to travel up and down the coast of South Africa. No and way. Yeah. It was amazing. That's sick. And I was traveling with a professional surfer as well. And him and I just, we just took advantage of everything. And he was from there. So he showed me the way and um, actually even took me out to dungeons on a really big day. That's that was sick. a pretty, pretty amazing experience. But anyway, J-Bay, of course, J-Bay right? Is insane. Point. It's amazing. So WSL was hosting their event at the same time. So I was over here surfing the point. And then just like watching the event happen down the way. What's that wave called? The one they host the event at? So J-Bay is like, well, there's multiple waves there. Right. Right. So like up top at the very point is where they hold it. Right. If I'm correct, I've never been to South Africa, but up top is the actual wave where they hold the event where like the stairs are. Right. I'm pretty sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think which direction that that's what they Called the point, but maybe not so much. So down, so I was literally like sitting in the water, like watching the event. Is <laughs> pretty magical. It's kind of like being like surfing, um, like I don't know, maybe like log cabins or um, like Pupukea, you know, where you're just like down the way from yeah. a pipe when it's happening or something looking, like that. You know, looking at pipe. So yeah, yeah it was That's pretty sick. magical. That way was phenomenal. I think I was just, I, I mean. I was probably surfing with the world champion longboarders. You know, these guys are just like, everybody's paddling around, just like stoked, their mouths open, like can't believe that it's firing, you know, like this. And it was amazing. Just watching everybody on the nose for just seemed like forever. It was amazing. That's so rad. For sure. You're probably frothing. <laughs> so I'd say those are probably my best. That's so sick. My best memories, my best waves. Um, had an opportunity to live in Maui for a little while. And at that point I was going, I was making more trips to the North shore. So had an opportunity to surf um, around Oahu as well. Sick. Yeah. How long have you been with salt life now? Um, not too long. A couple months seems like 
Yeah. And they've been just okay, rock star cool. sponsors so far. Um, like I said, really involved with the events that I've been producing, super stoked with my gear, you yep. know, it, it's helpful for sure. And have nice product, nice gear. I love my shades and performance gear is what I, I mostly live in. Sick. Me too. I love it. I just got, I just got my new stuff right now. I literally have my box right here and I'm so pumped. I'm like, yeah. finally I get new board shorts. I'm so psyched. Like, exactly. this is rad. Are you going to, uh, you going to go surf today? Yeah. It looks like it's going to be good. I mean, it's not super sunny outside, but I mean, try to get out there as much as I can. I mean, otherwise I'm, I do spend a lot of time at the computer, unfortunately, <laughs> between just like making some of these things happen and try to keep, keep building and pushing SPA sessions, um, do something a little bit different. Like I said, we're doing these winter sessions, so we've got a, a lot going on and just try to keep the momentum going. So, yeah, sick. I'm stoked for you. Hopefully everything keeps going super well and bringing the community together sounds insane. I want to come try to surf over there eventually. How long of a drive is that from like Waco? Um, like eight hours, Ooh, maybe 10. That's a long one. Yeah. That's fine. Texas is is huge. Yeah, it's massive. But it's worth it once you're here and you've got a place to stay and show you how to kiteboard. This is like one of the best places in the world to learn yes. how to kiteboard. You'll laugh at me the whole time. And I am an IKO instructor, so <laughs> I need some instructions. I'm I'd literally just get the kite in the air and then fly through the air with it. I also think I'm using way too big of a kite. So yeah. That probably doesn't help. Definitely. Well, let's make it happen. Be cool. Uh be cool to do it sooner than later so you can start kiting where you're at too i know but it's never like it's never that windy here yeah that's true bet, like sometimes like in the winter time but i don't know like right now we're kind of getting the offshore winds when i lived in san clemente it was just you know there was wasn't that many times where i looked out the window and i'm like whoa it's like so windy and then uh, yeah. i had met just a couple of of people they actually just they live right at um T street. And, um, mm -hmm. it's a, a family and I called them one day and I'm like, it is just blowing. Let's do a downwinder. So we had trestles, we had churches, we had all of those waves no to ourselves because it was so windy. So, I mean, the waves weren't perfect, but I mean, once you get to those points, the wave still forms, it's still there. And we yeah. kite surfed all the way down to old man's at Sano and landed there. Did you, did you go? Oh, so you came in over there. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Going upwind so hard. We launched at T street and then just went for it. That's so sick. <laughs> it's pretty sick. That is so rad. But like you said, it just doesn't happen very, very often, you know? Yeah. Shout out your Instagram and social media. Cool. So, uh, Instagram is at Aaron Hartwell and at SPI sessions, uh, are the two Instagrams and you find me on Facebook by my name. There's nothing official about it, so <laughs> I'm not like Aaron Hartwell official. Or yeah. Something. Well, rad. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Karen. Go get some waves. I'm gonna go surf right now. So yeah, yeah, no worries. Right on. Keep in touch. Nice to meet another Salt Life team member. Yeah, you too. Thanks everyone for listening in to Above and Blow, and we'll uh, catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Above and Below, a Salt Life podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Real Salt Life. If you've enjoyed this podcast, rate and review us on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast to help spread the word. 
Stay salty. Phew.